Hi everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Digital Loop. Uh, we are um, filming directly from Paris. We are at Le Web. And uh, guess what? Paul is also in Paris. So uh, hopefully he's going to join us soon. Hello. Hi, yes. guys. So for once, yes, we're together in the same room, which almost never happens because we both travel and we don't live in the same city. Uh, so we figure we could do like uh, a show here directly live from Paris. Uh, we're at Le Web, uh, one of the biggest technological conference, world, digital conference uh, in the world. Uh, so it's day three. Uh, it's almost over. There's one afternoon left. What were your thoughts, Ivan? Fantastic, fantastic experience. Uh, uh, What's the first one for you, right? Yeah, it's the first time I'm at Le Web. Uh, actually, I'm a part of the official bloggers team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been doing a, a lot of work. Uh, reporting and sharing what's happening here uh, across the, the, the different channels uh, of the Digital Loop as well. And uh, Paul has been very busy as well. He has been the co-host. Yeah, I was kind of the co-host of the show. You know, I look like Loic from afar. I'm also bald and also tall. So yeah, I was, I was on stage for quite a few times. Yeah. yeah. So maybe let's start. Uh, what are what are the uh, the speeches, there were so many speeches, we're not going to run on all of them, obviously, and they will all be provided online by the web on their YouTube channel. That they will, We'll put all the, these links uh, on the blog as usual. But maybe what were the highlights for you? So you start with where, which was your favorite presentation? Uh, well, favorite. I mean, there is so many. We had the opportunity to see uh, Brian Solis, Jeremiah Ouyang, uh Fred Wilson. Uh, probably maybe we can go one by so one let's some of them. Fred Wilson did open the, uh, the conference. He was the keynote, so he was the first one on, on, on the first day of the conference. Uh, if you don't know Fred Wilson, he's a VC based in New York. Uh, he has a very famous blog, avc.com, and also uh, so part of uh, USV, which is a, a VC firm in New York, so they do great investments. Uh, but the, what is interesting is that his blog, he blogs almost every day, and he blogs about all these trends and technologies that are affecting the some of them were uh, talking about on this show. Uh, and he believes that uh, technological-driven networks are replacing hierarchies. So basically, the, the world is becoming more flatter because this is something we've been saying all along. And I think his talk when, was very, a very good opener for the show uh, because it really set the tone on how uh, the next 10 years will be. Because, the, uh, yeah, I forgot, forgot to mention, the theme of the, the uh, show yeah. is the 10th anniversary of the web. And so uh, we're looking at what are the inter important trends of the next 10 years? We did uh, an episode last week with uh, our next uh, 10 trends for the next 10 years, but there were many others. So Fred Wilson was one, and you have anything to add about Fred? Or was it, uh, no, fantastic. I mean, I, I shared a lot about what he was talking about. He was talking about... Yeah, you his, were very active on Twitter. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Um, he was talking about the, 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 his approach, his way of thinking about where do they invest as a, as a, as a venture capitalist. Very, very interesting. Fantastic fantastic opening for the, for the conference. Uh, another is our friend Jeremiah, Jeremiah Aoyang. Uh, so Jeremiah did uh, actually announce his new company on stage here at Le Web called Crowd Company. So basically, you remember, if you follow us, that he's been talking about a collaborative economy or the sharing economy, depending on the term you want to use. Yeah. Uh, we had a show with him, actually, last uh, June, it was, uh, at Loeb London, actually. Yeah. Uh, so and he actually so he, he resigned from uh, Altimeter Group. Uh, he's still a, a part of the, of the board. And now he's created this council. So if you imagine, like, how can brands react to this sharing economy trend? Is actually going to help this comp these companies to understand these trends. So you have a, a, already a roster of I think 22 companies that are on board, and he also has a lot of startups that are innovative in that space. That are part of the of his, of his uh, innovation center. So basically, he's linking 
these startups with these major brands and understanding where the market is going. I think it, it will be a very valuable uh, um, um, company for, for these major brands that for some are a little bit uh, wary of these new uh, trend that basically people are becoming companies. Absolutely. Did I say something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be sharing his uh, uh, his video and his slides in my personal blog, so make sure you check it out later on. And uh, you might want to talk about Brian, right? Brian, Brian Solis. Yes, he was fantastic. He uh, talked about uh, innovation and he, he talked about disruption. And basically, he showed uh, a very interesting message about that very often the first player is not the one that actually is going to be able to uh, uh, succeed, but more the second player. He called it as, as, as the, the early bird uh, might get the, the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Um, and, and really interesting, I mean, Brian is an outstanding speaker, and, and I think that he really, really managed to get the entire uh, audience just just thinking about the importance of innovation and the importance of disruption. So it was fantastic, fantastic opportunity. Uh, Staying in you know, maybe the same uh, field of uh, social business and social media, there were two other very good uh, talks. There was uh, Ramon. Uh, wow. Leon, of course, he's op he's opened uh, the second day for a reason because he's so energetic on stage <laughs> that he actually would wake anyone up. That was really fantastic. Uh, he's been already opening many times uh, the web. He's based in Chicago, uh, and he. So maybe you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, we we were uh, planning to have a session with him. We were uh, planning to to record the show with him. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of the logistics and different things, he had to leave. Uh, and I was on was... stage. It was really hard for me actually to find time to do this. But we will have him. Yeah. On a, an upcoming show, he will actually record one of the digital with us. You'll see his energy. Like he's really energetic. Definitely. And I think that the good idea will be to in, when we have him, ask him to to talk about what he talked about here because it, his message was just really really important. For in the same vein, there was also Gary, right? Yeah, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. So, uh, did you like? I mean, Gary is also someone very energetic. Uh, I, to be very honest, I now, I just right now, I forgot the name of his book. It's something to do with boxing. Jab, yeah, jab, 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 right hook. Yeah. So that's basically his strategy. Uh, I think again, it was these. These two were very energetic, and motivational to actually, you know, try to make it a little bit more sense out of this. Uh, Social business, especially for people who don't understand it. So I think I think there were two very good, uh, very good opportunities to learn. Uh, do you want to add anything about these two guys? Or? Well, I mean, it was fun. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Brian Solis for many, 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 many years. Uh, Gary Benerchuk as well. I've been following him for a long time. So to have the opportunity to have to see both of them live on stage on one day. That was that was outstanding. And one really cool thing about with Gary, he had a Q&A session, and I had the opportunity to ask him uh, about uh, growth because his company, Viner Media, has experienced incredible growth. They have gone from 20 employees to 300 in about 20 months. Uh, and I was curious to ask him, you know, most of the companies, the problem that they have is they, they grow too fast or they're just growing just to get bigger, True. not to get better. Uh, and I asked him what are his views and how he's managed to 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 make Viner Media not only a huge company but actually a really really solid company doing a lot of great work, and his response was fantastic. You can see you can see the the little Q and A uh, on the YouTube video. I will post it as well. Yeah, you had your image on the main screen. Yeah. It was pretty 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 fun. Uh, other names that I mentioned. I keep looking down my phone. Sorry, folks, but I, I, I take some notes for this, and I'm, since I'm not in front of my desk, usually you don't see me doing that. But here I have to do it. Uh, so another uh, Philippine is the CEO of Evernote. Uh, you probably know Evernote because now it's a 
it's a, it's a tool that's been used more and more widely by a lot of people. It's actually a tool that allows you to keep notes of everything, pictures, you have, you have OCR technology. Basically, it's a great tool. But what I really liked, besides uh, announcing, of course, a few new things about is uh, about Evernote that you can check on, on the video that Loeb will put online. He, he believes, I mean, they launched recently, they launched a market, so a marketplace where they can actually buy physical objects that tie in, into the Evernote experience. There's bags, there's, there's a stylus that they can actually write directly on an iPad with. Uh, they are, uh, there's a, a scanning machine. Uh, you can scan business cards and everything. Again, everything ties up to Evernote. But the point is here, uh, besides these cool products, because they're really nice, the point is he believes into the blending, and this is something also we addressed uh, after innovation, the blending of the world of digital and analog. Uh, so these two words that seem a bit separated are like coming together, and we, we both, both agree that this is actually the true revolution. You remember Chris Anderson um, uh, talked at innovation, and we mentioned how um, the 3D printing uh, movement was also something that, you know, that digital revolution was coming back to physical the, the physical world. In that space, even if Evernote is not doing 3D printing yet, uh, but they're actually blending these two experiences together. And I mm -hmm. think this is also something that is very, uh, very key for, uh, for our industry. Uh, talking about 3D printing, we're not going to go for too long for there, but there was really nice, nice stuff. I don't yeah. remember the, the shoes thing, right? Yeah, there, there, were, there were some shoes, very, very modern look. I don't think yeah, the company based in New York. Uh, to be honest, I, do, I just forgot the name of it. Uh, I've read it down somewhere here. Uh, she's Mary. She's called oh, Continuum Fashion. Continuum Fashion. So they actually print out shoes. Uh, so it's an e-commerce website. So they don't print it on demand. They actually print out. Really, it's a true e-commerce website is not just like ad hoc printing, it's actually do a series. Uh, I've, I've met uh, the, the two founders, uh, Mary and uh, Anne-Marie, I think she's called. I'm, I'm not sure, and uh, please forgive me if I took the, the name wrong. Pretty pretty cool stuff. Again, it shows that not only printing can be used as a tool for like your, your own uh, creations, but you can actually scale to uh, to a full business, full fledged business. So I think more and more businesses will actually use that. Maybe bypassing uh, traditional supply chain. Uh, that could be something. And there was another one. Uh, I mentioned it. It's called Vertox uh, because uh, um, Jeremiah Haiyang loves it. Yeah. Uh, he actually he was featured on um, he was featured on an article on Wired yesterday uh, because of the launch of this company that we just mentioned. And if you look at the, the picture on the on his desk. You'll see his dog. Everybody's talking about his dog, his wife's dog. You'll see it's pretty fun because some people think he was the dog was dead or something. You'll see it's pretty funny. You should, you should go. <laughs> but you'll you will also see other objects. They're all made by this uh, this guy. The, the interesting thing is that he shows that um, the you can you can actually print a lot of things that uh, with a lot of different materials. Not only because there's I don't remember the term uh, what's uh, the usual um, uh, usual material Composite, that's being used. Yeah. Composite is used for printing. He actually uses aluminum. He uses other uh, tr uh, other type of fabric material. Silver, yeah. So that actually shows that you know that can uh, scale also in other fabrics, meaning that you could really do anything. And I I don't think, I don't know if I've mentioned that in an earlier show, but the MIT has just released an article about how uh, they were able to print uh, lithium-ion batteries. So meaning that we can really start printing pretty much everything. So this wow. is that is why is all this is. Is is uh, changing. My phone just got locked. I have to get back to it for the rest of the. Go ahead. Another excellent, excellent presentation. Why was uh, the conversation between Loic and uh, the founder CEO of Uber? Oh, Travis Kalanick. Yeah, yeah, that was very good. It yeah. was fantastic. It's really interesting. They were talking about how uh, Uber was 
technically was born in Paris uh, three years ago. Uh, yeah, I was, I was here, and I remember there were absolutely no cabs. It was impossible to get. I mean, it's always difficult to get a cab in Paris. Uh, I've been using Uber all, all, all since it's it's uh, it's here. But yeah, and apparently they had a discussion, and they, they were, that it came out of frustration. They were actually solving a problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no cab, so uh, Thomas came up with the idea of maybe it would be wouldn't it be great to have the opportunity to get a car and just get in, go wherever you want to go, and go out. That's it. And I I think that the two the thing is also that shows well, this of course ties in into a, a bit of what Jeremiah does, sharing economy, so you can mm. you know you bypass the traditional uh, players and you introduce new ones. Uh, but there's what is interesting is there is uh, like uh, of course a lot of uh, um, resistance from mm. these traditional players uh, being, for instance, the cab drivers in 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 the uh, here in, in France, they're actually talking about a new law that would actually force uh, Uber and uh, other competitors like Uber to have a 15 minutes delay between the time you actually order one and get into one. So if you have a Uber that is in front of you, you would have to wait for 15 minutes before you can board it. Of course, that's to protect. The cab drivers. I mean, besides the opinion you can have or not about this specific law, it shows that there's a lot of resistance and something will happen. I even said, and I'm sorry to keep on going about that, even said that in Seoul, so in South Korea, uh, oh, yeah. Uber is limited to um, handicapped people, senior, uh, and foreigners, so tourists. So basically, if you uh, live, if you're a Korean living in Seoul, and you're not part of the categories I just mentioned, you just cannot order a Uber. So again, that's protectionism, obviously. But it shows that there's resistance. And if there's resistance, it's probably because it's dis they're disrupting something, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. But uh, uh, yeah, any, any... Yeah, there was a few others. I mean, we're not going to go through all of them. But uh, talking about also making things simple. So like Uber, actually, you can click and get a car uh, for you, a limousine for you or, um, uh, directly in front of your door. Uh, I also enjoyed the talk by um, Andy Grignon. He was he was he was interviewed by Robert Scoble on stage, uh, and he showed. And I encourage you to show the video. He showed a new way to actually create, basically, you know, programming. I mean, we all use these apps that are very good and very fun to use, or whether even even on still on the web, but they're still not very easy to create. As a person that has no knowledge of of programming, uh, it's kind of difficult to create. Basically, what he what he he's trying to do. Uh, I think at Quake Labs, that's the name of the company, is trying to, to create a, a, a new way of programming that's very simple. It's a way that's a very visual way with a, a deck of cards with actions and that basically anybody can create like an experience online. This is, I think that also goes with the trend of simplifying things, simplifying the experience, both for the consumer but also for the content creator. So I think that was pretty pretty interesting. Do you have anything else? I don't know. Yeah, also at the beginning, yeah, Robert Scoble was talking a lot about uh, the wearable technology. Yes, uh, true. Of course, he's come with the glasses and the goggles. The and the, with the Hoakley glasses. Yeah. You look like a, a dork. I'm sorry, but like Robert, <laughs> love you, but with these massive glasses for like skiing on stage. <laughs> That uh, they have some kind of uh, technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, technology, right? uh, I've never tried them, so I don't he was know. talking about the fact that they are um, they are programmed for him. So if you put them on, you are not going to get the same experience that he gets because it's it's set for him. Um, wow. Really wow. interesting stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I would wear them in the streets of Paris. Yeah, walking around with three glasses in the middle part. Of the oh, yeah, there's one more name I want to mention that I really liked. It was uh, Hugo Barra. So he used to be the head of uh, Android, and he recently uh, joined a company in China called Xiaomi. Which actually creates uh, software and uh, in um, uh, smartphones. Uh, it's a very disruptive company. I mean, for the moment, they're only in China. They haven't actually expanded yet. Although uh, Hugo had announced on stage that they would expand, starting in Southeast Asia, because of the similarity of the market uh, between uh, China and Southeast Asia. So uh, 
the reason I mention that is that again, these are uh, players that, and I think we we, we hinted at that uh, in the two 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 shows ago when we talked about the um, uh, the messaging apps. This is a Chinese players, very big that not that many people know about, and I'm pretty sure that this player and others will actually disrupt the market. And of course, we keep saying on this show, know, I'm sorry you're tired about us saying that, that mobile is disrupting a lot of things. And I think that these, comp these new type of companies are very smart and they will actually, they might disrupt the, the traditional players, whether on the Android market or iOS market. We'll see. I mean, it's hard to, of course, to, to, to forecast right now, but I think it's very interesting to see Chinese companies uh, get into their market. I would, I would make a similarity I don't know if you remember, uh, I'm not old enough, neither is Ivan, but maybe probably in the 50s and the 60s when people talked about Japanese products. Uh, you had Toyota, you had Honda, you had all the major car makers, you had Sony, you had all the major electronic, consumer electronic makers, you had, of course the cameras, Nikon and Canon. So basically they went from uh, a very uh, copying model to having their own industry. And I think this is exactly what's happening in China. Up to now, still, China is like, oh, it's cheap and we don't care. But uh, both for cars, I've seen some cars at the Geneva Motor Show, but I mean, uh, even for uh, for technology, I think that they will become big players, undoubtedly. It will take time, but it's interesting. Absolutely. Uh, another very interesting uh, presentation was by, uh, I have his name, Jesse Richman. Jesse Richman, he is the world champion of kitesurfing. Okay, and, yeah, and, and you gotta be, it's, it was already surprising to, to see in a, in a tech company, tech uh, yeah, uh, conference. Loic, Loic, the organizer of the conference, loves kitesurfing. Yeah, I loves think that, that's the link there. Yeah, but, but uh, it, it had a great message. I had the opportunity to chat with him last night for a while. Uh, he's a brilliant guy, very, very smart kid. Uh, but uh, the message that he's saying, you know, he's connect, connected the element of, you know, trying new stuff on kitesurfing and how connecting that uh, for example, if you're an entrepreneur, that the only way that you're going to learn a new trick is by doing it and actually by going for it. And yes, sometimes you're going to crash. Yes, it's going to hurt. But the other way that you're going to be able to get it is by doing it 20, 30, 40, 50 times. And basically the message of this of this uh, session was basically that, that if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a startup, you're trying something, if you kind of do it or you are thinking about trying something but you actually don't take full committed action, uh, chances are it's not going to work and uh, you're going to fail and you're going to fail bad way because if you fail but at least you try, you learn from it. So very, very good uh, uh, session also with him. Uh, congratulations, you know, world champion. That's, that's pretty yeah, impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And I'll finish with, with one. I was just looking at my phone because I was looking for the name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Dina Kaplan, she did, a, oh, yeah. she did a, a, a very inspiring talk. I think it was Probably my favorite talk I've heard this year in all the conferences I've been to about how to con conquer your fear. I mean, she, so she, I will just put the video, but she, she went like into a whole process of conquering our fears, inner fears, and she made a beautiful delivery. You could feel she was actually very stressed on, on stage. So actually, I think that the, that the fact that her voice was trembling also added to the, to the emotion. It was an amazing talk. We were, at that point, I was in the speaker's lounge. Uh, the speaker's lounge was, completely silent for 20 minutes. We're all glued to the, to the screen. And when she finished, believe it or not, we had a standing ovation in the speaker's lounge for another screen because it was really a very powerful speech. So uh, this one as well, I encourage you uh, to see. But I think we have to get back there, right? Yeah, uh, we yeah. got to go back. Um, thank you so much. Uh, 
we're going to be, uh, we invite you to check out the LaWeb's YouTube channel. All the presentations are there. I'm going to be sharing some of the stuff as part of the official blogger. I will be sharing some of my yep. stuff on my personal blog. Uh, also, we're going to be doing uh, interviews here in the Digital Loop. Our future guests are going to be people, speakers that, that uh, hear from the web. Sure. Um, exactly. So stay, stay tuned. We're going to, we're going to continue this the web experience even after the conference is over. Um, and you know, that's it for me. Yeah, for me too. So let's go back to the rest of the conference. I see you guys next week. Thank you very much, guys. See you next Goodbye. week. Bye-bye. And I have to press that button. Sorry, guys. This is Haddock. <laughs> Bye-bye. Cheers.